So welcome back to the Chantilly podcast season episode number three. And before we start, lads, I just want to thank all our listeners and new subscribers as well for engaging, getting involved in the first two shows. We've really enjoyed it. And the response has been very good as well. Uh, and we, we hope to keep the ball moving right throughout the season. I'm joined again by Mike Vince from SES, Ronald Groom from the Irish Field, and ABW returns once again as the jump action continues uh, to roll in hot and fast. Coming up on this show, we'll be previewing Wing Canton on Saturday. Of course, the Elite Hurdle over there and the Tritown meeting at Navin on Sunday. This week's uh, special guest, we'll be hearing from Noel Mead ahead of the the Navin pre- ahead of our Navin preview. And Noel, of course, will answer all the questions f- from Twitter as well. So if you haven't seen that, lads, as well, just on a weekly basis, we will be putting out a request for you guys to ask your questions to our special guests and make sure and get the questions in. The response has been great so far, but we'll be hearing Noel's answers about all his big stars, Beacon Edge and, and the likes uh, for the rest of the season. Of course, he has six-shooter, Ronan Groom's favourite horse, in at Navin on Sunday as well. But we're going to start, lads, with the elite hurdle at Wing Canton on, at three o'clock on Saturday. Goshen, unfortunately, doesn't run. It's great to over two miles. Uh, listen, Mike, we'll come to you first. Score Royal, of course, he was impressive the last day. Uh, he's your 11 to 10 favourite. I'll just do a show of betting first. Solo, 5 to 2. He could be interesting. Diego de Charmille in the same colours, 9 to 2. Master Debonair, 7 to 1. Brandon Castle, 20 to 1. And Takani, 20 to 1 as well. Shane Goshen doesn't run, but is there value here to be had? Well, I just wonder, um, Goshen doesn't run because they think the ground might be a bit quick and he didn't quite scope right. But of course, this is a day that uh, Paul Nichols normally needs the assistance of the Monopolist Commission because he trains literally over the hill and not very far away. And obviously, we're going to talk more about him when we talk about the Badger beers. Uh, and he's got two in this. Uh, there might be a bit of value, but I'm looking to see how their yard is. And I was hoping that on Thursday, we might have seen it with the big breakaway. Uh, who was declared to run at Newbury and was pulled out very late in the day by Team Tizard because this Master Debonair won a decent um, Skybet trial at Ascot last Christmas and he might be the one to take on the um, the Nichols pair and so royal well he's, he, he's won this before, he knows his way around. Sometimes these sort of races, if there's no pace, uh, it might make interesting things. I would love to see Master Debonair win but I'm looking at it, at it as a very good idea as to a yardstick as to how the Tizard team are. Because, of course, for them, this is also, there's no place like home. Well, first there, Mike Vince, and, of course, mentioning one of my horses to follow for the, the new season, uh, which is Master Debonair. And I think they were tying with the idea, Mike, of, of maybe sending it to the fighting fifth He's obviously a little bit wrong here on official ratings. Uh, but the fact that we didn't see him in the latter half of last season, you just said it there, you know, two wins on the bounce at, at Ascot. And, and and I don't think he came back uh, 100% sound after his, his encounter with Sporting John. Andrew, do you think he's value at 7-1 to one or, or would you be siding? Who would you be siding with? Uh, the angle there, uh, but you do have to be very tempered by this Tizard form. I know that they had a winner in a, in a fairly ordinary race up at Sedgefield today, but overall their their horses have been needing the run, uh, an awful lot of them blowing up, uh, turning in, and I just see the same thing happening with Master Debonair, to be honest. I think he, he might bounce out, make all, or try to make all, and, and could be banged there, two out, but I'm just not sure really at the moment with these Tizard horses how he's going to finish the race. Uh, I, th- I think it's boring from me i'm afraid but i think so royal takes takes all the beating in this race to be honest i couldn't touch solo with a barge pole um is kempton form from last year fujimoto flyer hasn't completed a race since and tremway just back in third who's a an average horse at that and then he flapped in the triumph i, I can't have him um so so royal he's a, he's a short price uh, but i just see him winning this race he was very impressive at, at foss last last time out and I can see I can see the angle with Master Debonair, and if Tizard's horses were in better form, I I would definitely probably put him up, but I just can't have them at the moment. Fair enough, Ronan. Score Isle. 
a horse that maybe would look more like a hurdler than a chaser and is arguably achieved more over fence. I think he's rated 163. Do you think he he's he's a strong favourite for this or would you be looking to take him on? I think he's rock solid, Barry, to be honest with you. He won this race all the way back in 2016 when he was a four-year-old. I mean, more or less held his form over hurdles since. And I think this race basically just goes to show you the plight of the champion hurdle division because you have uh, an eight-year-old chaser who is, as you say, more known for his chasing exploits. He's a grade one winner over fences, but it just makes sense for Alan King to come back and, uh, and, and have a go at this race again in under grade two. I thought he did it quite well. In Fosslas, he was, he was uh, more or less top weight there, or he was getting weight off Bally Andy, but he was give, giving weight to the rest of the field, and I think he won quite snug there. And like you look at here, he's going to get three pounds off solo, a four year old who's embarking into open company now. I think Andrew said there that the, the form of that race at, at Kempton that he won is, is pretty poor, and he was eight in a pretty poor triumph as well, let's be honest. Take out Goshen, and uh, I think we've talked about that before how the, the the triumph hurdle form isn't up to much. Um, I, I accept that Aspire Tower obviously did a bit for it there um, last week. Um, I think he's pretty rock solid. He's even money. I could see him going off odds on at this stage. Um, uh, Andrew's made a good case there for the, the Tizard horses just needing the run, which is obviously a worry. And I'm not all that mad about Master Debonair either. I know you're a fan, but I, I thought he won two soft enough races at Ascot last season and then got, got found out against Sporting John. So, so Royal, I think, is, is, is pretty solid for me. And I, I, I'd make him odds on. So he's probably better around 11 to 10. Okay. I'm willing to forgive Colin Tizard, lads. I think you've been a bit, a uh, small bit harsh. I think he, he might be the most progressive horse in here. Um, I'm willing to take the chance at the prices and uh, Master Debonair for me. Lads, we're going to come on, we're going to briefly touch upon uh, the Rising Star Novice Chase. This one is after cutting up bad as well. Uh, we have Grand Sansi who ran a cracker at this meeting last year by Infusal Raffles. Um, he's four to six favoured. Gala, sorry, Gala, whatever way you want to pronounce this, is 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 five to two for Jimmy Snowden and Darren Jacob and Hurricane Harvey makes up the trio uh, at, at nine to two. Mike, we'll come back to you. Is this just straightforward for, for Grand Sansi? Well, the only thing you've said on Gala is the fact that he gets a standing weight. Uh, but uh, three runner race, I can't see past Grand Sansi. Um, interesting walk three, of course, one last time. Uh, and it's a race with a decent record. Now, if you look back through the years, it was called Comply or Die actually won it. But in those days, it was uh, run in February and it was actually run at Chepstow. Um, but for me, Grand Sancy, yeah, he's got to give weight away to his two rivals. It might be a bit egg and spoonish, but they all look reasonable, famous last words jumpers. I think if Grand Sancy jumps a clear, Grand Sancy wins. Instead of coming to bought you lads, I'll ask, does anyone disagree? Uh, I take him on. Sorry, sorry, Andrew. No, you probably take him on as well. I, I, I think he just didn't do much on his on his first run back, and it's it's a three runner race. Do you really want to be taking odds on about Grand Sensi and, and what could be a real tactical affair? The others two are aren't mugs either. I, I like the way Gala did it the last day from the front. He seems like a progressive four year old. He gets the allowances as well. Um. I, I wouldn't have a cut and dry now, Barry, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'd be a layer of Grand Sensi odds on just, just for if I was having a bet for interest. Uh, I just think he might be a bit overrated by the fact that he's won with Canton before and that he won quite sunny last day. But the horse he was against there, um, a horse Stan Skelton's whose name escapes me at the moment, but uh, he completely bombed um, and he was left to just come home and beat one other runner. So he didn't really achieve much there at all, Grand Sansensi. And he, he's against two horses. Like that Hurricane Har- Harvey beat Emma Tom last time out. He's not no mug either. He has to give him five pounds. And he has to give a full stone to Gaia Law, who, who obviously is the four-year-old uh, in the race and won quite nicely at Exeter last time, I believe. So I wouldn't have a cut and dry. Yeah, you're mentioning Wing Canton. For some reason, it's it's rhyming in my head with Wisconsin, all, all this US election uh, talk over the last couple of days. Andrew Blair White will stay with Wing Canton. Uh, you tend to have an opinion. I think you have an opinion on this as well. Did I hear you coming in? Yeah, well, uh, I, I just, I 
Gronan, I don't think it's maybe quite as straightforward. I think the Nichols factor probably is, is paying into Gronson's chances here. And he might just bolt it up and, you know, we're, we're taking him on for no reason. I just don't think... Uh, I think actually at the price that they are at the moment, I think Hurricane Harvey's worth the bet at 9-2. to two. Uh, I think he made a few actually fiddly mistakes against Emma Tom, where Emma Tom jumped class at Utoxeter, still beat him. Uh, he was a progressive... Uh, hurdler last year he has close form with with your beloved McFabulous Barry so um, I'd say you you might want to see this horse uh, run well as well for for your own sake but I think at 9-2 to I think he's he's worth a few quid to be honest Uh, I'd I'd take on Grand Sonsi he's not been a horse that I've ever particularly uh, seen him as being maybe quite as good as others have yeah, I was disappointed actually. You just mentioned Emma Tom um, and Hurricane Harvey. I was disappointed actually with his second run, Emma Tom. Uh, but yeah, no really strong opinion on the race for myself, lads. The bi- it's a big handicap, uh, the listed race at 335. We're going to preview now at Wing Canton, which is the Badger Beers Silver Trophy Handicap Chase. I'll give you a quick show of betting here. Danny Wisbang is in here for Paul Nichols, 5 to 1. Present Man, also Paul Nichols, 5 to 1. El Presente is 8 to 1. Just a thing, 8 to 1. Champagne Court, 9 to 1. A third Nichols runner in here. My Way, 10 to 1. Potter's Man, 10 to 1. Some Chaos, 10 to 1. Irish Prophecy would interest me if Emma Vell's horses were running a little bit better, but sure, we're going with the Tizard horses. He's 12 to 1. Kitty's Light is 12 to 1, and it's 16 to 1. The rest. Uh, Andrew, we're with you. Have you dug up anything for this one? Um, I, I think so. If the ground, the ground stays good, is is probably the key. I think at the moment it is advertised as good. So if it was to stay that way, uh, I'd take a chance on Potterman in this race at uh, ten to one for for Alan King. He's a he's a summer summer ground type horse. Uh, he won a good market race and handicap two starts back. Uh, or five pounds lower, but he had El Presente well back there in third that day, and El Presente is shorter in the market than him this day, which I, I can't really see why. Uh, he was second last time out to Secret Investor of Nichols. Secret Investor is a much better horse than Danny Wisbang or uh, Present Man, so uh, I'd, I'd take I'd take a chance on him. He's at an each way price. Uh, if the ground stays good, he, he could run a nice race. Mike Vince. Well, I live about 30-something miles away from Wincanton. And uh, just to, to answer Andrew's question, uh, it's dry and been dry and cold, been a little bit of overnight frost around the place. We're in blue skies all day today. I don't think there's much rain in the forecast. So I'm looking at it as good ground, certainly. And it does get quick quite quickly. I'm going to chance one here each way down the very bottom very much a rarity to see a four-year-old in one of these big three-mile chases gets in off bottom weight but I really like the way that uh, the horse won at Exeter last time and that is Kitty's Light. Christian Williams trains and uh, Jack Tudor has uh, got the ride claiming fives getting weight from all its others won three of its last four and at sort of 12 to one sort of thing to my mind, it's potentially a knocking good each way back. And the other thing we know about with the likes of Present Man, there's going to be a lot of pace on it. And it, jumping, of course, is at a premium because this is three miles and one around uh, Wincanton. And that is 21 fences, which is more than a three-mile chase at a lot of other tracks. You actually get away with sort of 16 of them. Puts an emphasis on jumping. He was neat, slick, economical with his jumping. And I think a double-figure price each way. Nichols has won this 10 times, would you believe, including our present man. He's going to try and win it for the third time in four years. Uh, Kitty's light each way for me against Team Nichols. That's a pretty solid case, Mike Vince. Ronan, have you a fancy in this one? I do. Kitty's light. And uh, go on Mike's stolen my thunder there. Great minds or or something like that. But uh, I just love the way he won it. You talked or, or sorry, Exeter last time and just really stuck his head out and he beat sizing at midnight, who obviously reopposes here. The pair of them came clear. Uh, I think that was actually quite good form. They they came about thirteen lengths clear and then Kitty's like fair enough has gone up ten pounds for that, but He's on a roll. He's won three of his last four, and Jack Tudor takes the ride again, and he's going to be carrying very... Take five pounds off him again. He's going to be carrying uh, very little weight altogether. Um, 
look, it's as Mike said, it's it's uh, it's a Paul Nichols benefit this race, and I wouldn't put anyone off present man. I think he's going to be the the big talking horse on Saturday morning when with Bryony on, and he's going for his third win in this race in four years. He won his first one off one four two, his second one off one four four, and he's one four six now coming to this off a win. Uh, you know, he's rock solid, really great win kind of form. I think Danny Wisbang, you know, he's uh, the key to him is is running fresh. All of his runs. All of his wins have come from like 100 days off the track. Uh, Harry Cobden's riding that. Uh, Harry Cobden obviously rode the winner of this race last year at Give Me a Copper when Present Man was, was in the race as well. So Nicholas can obviously throw a few darts at this. Um, Irish Prophecy, I think you mentioned. I didn't think the Lavelle horses were running too badly, to be honest. I, I think she had a winner there at Wincanton maybe last week. Uh, he's interesting. He's with, it has the form of El Presente, who obviously won again at Hereford. Um and he's kind of lightly raced seven-year-old, and he's, I thought he was quite a big price as well, Irish Prophecy, but if you're asking me for a selection now, I think Kitty's Light is definitely the most interesting. Yeah, it wasn't that majorly strong in Irish Prophecy. It was just the one, I suppose, that stood out at the prices. I'll, I'll always remember actually him winning his bumper. Um, I think I got strong word once upon a time for him winning his bumper. He won uh, at Kempton. Um, I think, did he beat Champ? Did he be champion as bumper? Irish prophecy. Um, that was a Kenton. That was a long, long time ago. But um, yeah, look, he'd be my probably select in the race. Before, lads, we we come on to, to Navin on Sunday. Want to quick have a quick listen to our special guest, Noel Mead, um, who talks all things Navin on Sunday course and two vast stables uh, for the season ahead. So it's a pleasure to have Noel Mead feature on the Chantilly podcast ahead of Navin's Tritown meeting, of course, this weekend. Noel, thanks for coming on the show. Different times, obviously, no crowds at Navin this Sunday. And I suppose I want to start by asking you, as, as, as Navin Racecourse chairman and given your strong connection to the meeting itself, can you sum up, I suppose, what it means, the Tritown meeting means to, to the locals and how has the racecourse been, been doing during these times? Well, of course, look, it's the race. Navan Racecourse is a HRI track, so it's probably not under as much pressure as some of the as some of the um, uh, privately owned ones, and um, it's under the HRI umbrella. But and the, the, but it, like all tracks, it will start to struggle. They'll be fine for for so long, but if it goes on into the middle of next year, it's going to put a lot of pressure under a lot of tracks and now will be included in that. But at the moment, everything is going okay. And um, look, it's sad going racing at the moment when there's no owners and no atmosphere. But it's great that we're able to race. We just caught you, of course, after Dinard Rose winning down the country. So uh, it was a good, a good, um, stable in good form. 2.10 on Sunday, the Tritown Chase. Uh, is the feature, of course, Noel. And you've one runner in it this year. Brace yourself. Um, it runs in here for yourself. 2A per me, of course, took the race back in, in 2018. Does this fella compare in any way? Uh, no, he's a, a bigger horse for starters. And I think um, I would be pretty hopeful that three miles will suit him well. Uh, he hasn't tried it yet, but, but I think three miles will suit him well. Uh, he he ran a nice race in Galway over over a short a short trip, uh, a trip that would have been too short for him two two, and I think that this trip will suit him. And I think the Galway race will have done him good as well because it give him a little more match practice. Mm. He is only a novice, and he's going up against into handicap company. But he he had a couple of runs last season, which kind of makes him a little sort of a second season novice if you like, and. Uh, I'm very happy with him. He's he's in good shape, and I hope he'll put up a good show. And how do you how do you sum up the race this year? Do you think it's more competitive than than, than usual? Or well, look, there's never a day when when uh, uh, there's never a time when 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 the Triton is not competitive. It's going to be it's going to be a a, a very competitive race. I think as usual, it, it always is. Um, look, I I see. In today's paper, where the 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 fancy and the jam man big time for it, so I suppose we have to we have to. Um, he's been winning on the flat, and he's been winning over, he's been winning over um, hurdles, and, and 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 he's he's probably a horse that could he could throw himself into the mix. All right, he's down he's down low enough to do that. 
Um, Gordon is going to be dangerous. He always is dangerous in, the, in any in any of those handicap chases. He ha- he has a number of runners in it, and I'm sure he'll have something well primed. Um, the horse, the one aforementioned, I saw was, um, he won one in the Kerry or the Munster National. I'm sure he he's going to have a good chance. But he has a number of other ones in it as well, which which are going to which are are um, going to leave him with a good a, a, a big hand to play. Absolutely, and moving on, I suppose, to the, the Liz Mullen hurdle, uh, grade two, of course, is a race. No, you have a good record in one seven times, I think, in total. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that. Now, it's Snow Falcon, the last in, in, in 20, 2013. Six shooter is a horse that took a big, well, he took a nice step forward last time, and I know, he, I know you hold him in high regard. Does he, does he go here, and how far do you think he can go maybe this season? Yeah, I was sort of more inclined to wait. And go to um, Punchestown for a second season, a second season novice in Punchestown. But uh, I think now it's more likely that Fury Road, which is Gigginstown, uh, uh, six shooter is a, is a yeah. uh, Gigginstown horse, and yeah. Fury Road is Gigginstown horse. So I think now it's more likely that Fury Road is going to go for that, and we will probably end up going for the one on Sunday. Um, he has to step up quite a lot now to get into this, but to, to, to have a chance here because it's quite a strong race. Like, I mean, you have Cracking Smart and uh, Sarah de Berling, who would be, and Super Sunday, Super Sunday as well, who's, you know, like a, a group one performer, even if he is getting a bit older. But he is, he's a pretty decent horse. So those three horses alone are going to make it a, going to make it a, a pretty decent race. But I'm hoping that he will, he will come up to the call. Um, He's he he's has been a very immature horse, and it's taken him a while to come along. I think the extra half mile, that two two and a half, will help. I think he'll even go further in time. Brilliant, and just coming on then to the Feroxian Novice Hurdle, which is always a an interesting race on the card. Jesse Evans is down to run. Uh, flashy pedigree, Noel, by so you think, and won a maiden hurdle, of course, at Gorn. How's he since, and and is he is he likely to take his chance? Yeah, look, he's been he's he's done very well in his couple of runs. He was beaten in Navin in a flat maiden the last run. Um, Colin Kane rode him, and I think we just got there a little bit too soon on him, and, and he got run out of it by probably a very smart three-year-old. He's given quite a bit of weight to us, so I think uh, Jesse is a pretty decent horse. He's unproven on very heavy ground, though. We just we have to see how that works. We think he's going it, and we think we think he's and we think he's in very good shape. Um, obviously, Bally Adam, if he turned up, would be a would be a, a very difficult horse to beat. The way he won, I, I'd be surprised if he does, because I think he ran the other day in, in, mm. in the north, and I'd be surprised if he brings him out that quick. Uh, and the other one, of course, then would be Willie's, uh, who's always difficult to beat as well. And, but look, I think if our horse is in, in, stays in the shape he's in at the minute and has runs his race, he has a big chance. Brilliant. And just coming on to, to questions from Twitter, Noel, uh, we did put out a, a tweet earlier on just asking if, if anyone had any particular questions. The first horse uh, that was mentioned was, was Beacon Edge, who, who looks like one definitely on an upward curve. Uh, see, he's entered in the Margiana and the Hatton's Grace. Our very own Andrew Blair White asks, how good do you think he is? And what would you see as his long-term target? Well, look, I think he probably will go for the Hatton's Grace. Um, that's probably the, the where we'll head. And I suppose that will determine, how he runs in that race will determine what his targets will be. Uh, if he's up to that sort of mark, he'll be running in those sort of races. I think two and a half miles will suit him better than two. But a strong run two-mile race will suit will, probably be okay but what happens in the Hatton's Grace will probably make the, make the, the decision about where he runs after that I, I don't think he'll run before that he is eligible for that race in, that I was talking about in Punchestown uh, that um, but I'm pretty sure he will hold on and wait for the, wait for the Hatton's Grace Brilliant two way per me ran another cracker uh, to finish third in the, in, in the champion chase at Down Royal last weekend. I know you did say he was working well at home. Sean Farrell asks, what do you see as the long-term plan for him going forward, maybe this season? It's kind of tricky to know exactly what way to go with him. He's, he, 
I, I know he ran well. I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest with you. I felt that we had improved from Punchestown, and I thought that we'd get at least closer to uh, the storyteller. And I thought if we did, that we'd be pretty close. Now, he did get run out of a little bit of room, which maybe left him a length or two further back than he should have been, and maybe he would have been a bit closer. But I think third spot is where he would have finished up. Um I'm not sure he'll run before Christmas. I think if we got softer ground and a stronger gallop, that um, he probably will have a crack at the Lexus. I think that he probably will. And we'll see how that goes and, and make our plans from there. Brilliant. And a horse, I suppose, that's been on a lot of people's lips uh, from the two vast stables is the Old Care. Uh, and Lloyd Murphy... He comments that, that, that he looked very fresh at Galway and wants to know how he is after his fall, first of all, and where we might be likely to see him next. Yeah, no, he's OK after his fall and uh, he's, we've been schooling him since even we brought, we, 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 we commandeered Paul Carberry the other day to, to, give, to get him to give him a bit of a schooling session as well. And that went very well. So I'm hopeful that we'll sort of iron out. He was very fresh in Galway and he just let fly He'd been jumping very well at home, but he just was a bit careless. And, and, and uh, I think it was just freshness as much as anything else. We hope we'll have him ironed out the next time. And I think his next run will be in Fairy House in uh, the week after next. I suppose that will tell a lot. And I suppose I must ask you, do you see do you see him maybe shaping up into something like an RSA horse maybe down the line? Well, that would be the hope. That would be the hope that we'd get. I, he certainly, I think he's a three-mile horse. Mm. And so I would say if everything went well and if we if we could get our bracket before Christmas, I would imagine he'll have a crack at the three-mile novice in Leopardstown at Christmas. And then on to back to, to that's the sort of way we'd be. I'd be thinking. But we have to get that. Things have to sort of slot into, into place. But that's the way I'm thinking anyway. Alan Marin mentions cask mate. Um, where, where would we be likely to see him? Because he was very impressive after his, his layoff. No. Yes, he's 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 a sharp horse. He, he he was very impressive uh, when he won. Okay, wasn't the most brilliant race, but then he was very impressive again in Punchestown. He got a big hike in the weights for doing that. And I think at this minute in time, we're going to let him take his chance in the Royal Bond at Ferry House, that Grade One race in. Uh, the end of the month, which gives him a bit of time for it, and uh, uh, that'll probably be where where we'll see. And we, as I say, when we see how he gets on there, we can make up our mind which direction to go after that. And Colin Finley, Dunshockland man, uh, is a long time admirer of your slogan on the on the horse boxes, Noel, loyal to the Royals, and he wants to know: Do you think they can get any closer to the Dubs this year? I was just thinking about it the other night. I think we have tried to infiltrate a bit of COVID into the camp up there in Dublin. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I mean that joking, of course. But but uh, look, I think we I think they're certainly improved a bit. But he probably knows as much as I do about them at this stage. I'm, so we we live in hope. We live in hope. Yeah, of course, different different season this year. And just finally, Noel, before we wrap it up, um, I'm going to ask you two questions. One, best chance of a winner on Tritown weekend, and two, a dark horse to follow for the season from Tuva. Oh, look, I tell you, every time I ever tell anyone that something is going to be a dark horse, it turns out the following day that he's either dead or he's lame. Oh, I prefer to leave it at that as far as the dark horse is concerned. The best chance of a winner, look, I suppose, I'm hopeful for a couple, and I hope, hope that, uh, that uh, Brace Yourself can run really well. Noel Mead, that's, that's brilliant and thanks very much and it was a pleasure to have you on the Champ Today podcast. Very best of luck this weekend and for the remainder of the season. Thank you. Thanks. So brilliant to catch up with Noel ahead of the, the Tritown meeting at Navin on, on, on Sunday. Um, the first race we're going to preview obviously is the 210, the feature at Navin, uh, the Tritown chase over three miles, grade B uh, for, for zero to 150 rated horses. Ronan, you declared this time last year it was your favourite race of the year. So I'm going to give you a show of betting and I want you then to dissect it. Um, the betting as it is for the Tritown, aforementioned 7-1. to one. The Jam Man, of course, for that man, Ronan McAnally, 7-1. Um, to one. Of course, he's in the headlines. Discordantly is one I'm very keen on here at 10-1. to one. Elwood, 11-1. to one. 
at the Acorn, 12 to 1. Brace yourself for Noel Mead, his only runner in the race, 12 to 1. Shabby Artis is in here for Tom Mullins at 14 to 1. Milan native, 14 to 1. Scoremar, 14 to 1. And a 16 to 1. The rest. Ronan, dissect it and give us your selection. Yeah, um, I can see why the jam man is, is favourite, Barry. He's a, he's a stone lighter over fences than he is over hurdles. He's, he's won at Navin. Uh, Ronan McNally, obviously, his horses are running well, most notably the real deal. Um, he looks like he might It's very competitive, though, uh, and uh, the two I kind of like, um, Tony Martin's at the Acorn and Noel Mead's brace yourself who, who um, uh, I, I'd give a big chance to as well at the Acorn um, I've watched him Dublin Racing Festival last season and he was in the big two mile five furlong handicap chase he was just getting into the race when uh, I think a horse fell in front of him or something knocked into him at the second last and it just kind of knocked him off and it killed all his momentum and uh, he never really got back into it kind of stayed on up the straight I'm not saying he would have won or anything. I just thought that it, he did quite well to finish where he did after after getting knocked into. Uh, he's lightly race chaser. He's only a six-year-old. He won three-mile points before he started racing on the track. I think this kind of step up the trip in three miles, um, he's he's very interesting. He's had a little two runs over hurdles, most likely, um, just to get him sweet for this. Tony Martin only trains down the road, obviously. Uh, I think it's all laid out for him to, to run a big race. And, and brace yourself. I've always been fan of this horse he's he, Noel I think is often has often talked him up quite bigly uh, he was second last time out of Galway and the 2-2 two, two there was probably just a bit sharp from um, he's a, another one kind of starting over three miles another horse that ran in a point to point before he started and run, ran second so you know he's lightly race chaser coming up and trip nice little prep run at Galway they just struck out to me, Barry, as two that would probably have the potential to be a lot better than their current marks. Uh, although I do accept it, it it's a very, uh, very kind of competitive chase, and we don't, obviously don't have declarations now. Um, but there are the two that stuck out for me. Andrew Blair White, if you say Fitzhenry, we're kicking you off the podcast. Well, uh, this will be my last appearance, so on the podcast, uh, I, I'd be taking quite a dim view of this race. Last year is obviously won by Chris's dream. There's absolutely no Chris's dream in this race, uh, in, in in my book. I don't think there's any horse that's going to transform into a, a grade one horse. The, t- the two uh, Ronan have mentioned, I, I do actually quite like. I uh, burnt my fingers a few times on At The Acorn last year, um, and he probably does have a big pot in him. Uh, and Brace Yourself is a horse I do like, but I'm not sure his jumping might um, might be found out in a race like this. Look, I've I've come back to Fitzhenry. He's sixteen to one. I think it's actually a big price. Um, given he, he dances all these dances, you know what what he's going to be like. Uh, he was off this mark when he was involved in the incident. Ronan was uh, talking about at the second last uh, at the Dublin Race Festival in the two five race. Uh, he was actually brought to a standstill. And um, I know talking to James Nolan after the race, they said that, um, well, Barry Garrity said it was the best he'd almost ever felt. So I think they thought they were going to go very close. So the mark wouldn't uh, temper my enthusiasm. Um, And the other one I'd go for was actually last year's third in this race and possibly the most unlucky horse to not win the Munster National in Portmore Lock, uh, who was brought to a standstill, I think lost around 15 lengths at the first and somehow got beat. Somehow managed to get back in the race. Uh, Simon Torrance gave him a great spin around. He only lost out to aforementioned by two lengths. Uh, he's actually good at the weights with aforementioned going back into this race. As I say, third in the race last year. There's no Chris Chris's dream in here. I think it's a lot of fairly exposed handicappers. So I'm going to take a, a, a dim view that last year's form might hold the test of time here and the two of them are at 16 to 1 they're both uh, both overpriced in my book yeah no from speaking to Noel he felt the big danger in the race was 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 the jam man and obviously Rona McAnally spoke about him as being potentially a, a Sayers hurdle horse and of course he, he reached a rate in the 150 ran in the Sayers hurdle obviously last year and he's come right back down over hurdles to a mark of 143 so very interesting that he's running off. I think it's 129 in here. 
could be thrown in. We 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 just don't know. But the one the one that did interest me at the head of the market was discordantly thought he was mightily impressive um, at Galway in, in in what was a strong enough looking race. Uh, big baby last year, and I, I think the Harringtons always thought that he was going to make up into a uh, high-end ha- handicapper over staying trips. Uh, 142, he is only a six-year-old. Um, he is one definitely at, at 10 to 1. He, he would be my selection at the race at this stage. Just as well, I mentioned for Milan native because he's in here. I'm not sure if he will line. He ran, ran a very credible race against uh, Roland Skull Cup horse, Manila Endo at Wexford just last week. I think there might be, I suppose, bigger business down the line at the end of the season. And I think maybe... Yeah, look, we'll see your bets potential here. Um, although, just we still don't have the final feel with Jiggenstown having nine of the top 20. Because you've got Milan native and you've got Forza Milan. So it might be the um, Italian job. Um, I'll tell you this. If you could forget what happened at Lestol, I can't forget it because we won the race. Um Last season, plan of attack placed in the Kim Muir and third in that race, which will always remember Mr. Hannon's description of the finish and that horse roaring bulls in there. Uh, third in the Paddy Power at Christmas. It, I just think if you can, if it was never traveling, if you put that this stole performance down to a bad day at the office on last season's form, plan of attack's got a squeak for me. But the hardest thing is working out what on earth the, the, the Jigginstown mob are going to do. Uh, my Henners would be not winning out of turn, having got so close at this stolen, and then fourth uh, at, at Limerick. But for me, as I say, if you're forgiving, you go plan of I would be prepared to chance plan of attack again. One o'clock is the Liz Mullen hurdle. It is a grade two, over two miles and four furlongs. 14 entered here. Looks very competitive, Roland. Yeah, 14 entered. It's it's full of horses, Barry, that, um, you know, they're probably coming back from, or chasing is eventually going to be their uh, their game this season. And you, you're just not, at the entry stage now, I suppose, you're you're just kind of waiting to see who, who, who actually does run. The one I thought was most interesting was Cracking Smart. Uh, Gordon Elliott's always taught a huge deal of this horse. And things didn't really go right from. Uh, earlier last season but he was one of the three horses that um, if you recall last season that Gordon put into special sta- stables I think I can't remember the other one but Samco was obviously one and Cracking Smart was the other and it seemed to do the trick with him because he won the Boyne Hurdle basically over this course of this so it's like a, like a furlong uh, further the Boyne Hurdle is this is over two and a half miles and he won really well there uh, in basically similar conditions. And they went on to run fourth to uh, Dame de Campagne in the uh, in the Coral in the Coral Cup, which is obviously a really good run. I think if he's ready to roll here, crack and smart, he could be the one to beat. I appreciate he has to give weight away to um, um, most of the field. And Gordon has Fury Road in there as well, who I think he's kind of labelled as his stairs hurdle horse this season. So he'll be interesting to feel. I think I think I think Noel said that. Uh... Fury Road might go to Punchestown and uh, Six Shooter goes in here, which... Um, yeah, uh, Six Shooter, I, 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 as I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of him since last season. Um, I think Noel's always been a big fan of him. And that run at Punchestown the last day where he beat Kilfenora, who's a, a 150-plus horse in fairness, and uh, he beat him. Well, giving him weight, so I just thought it was a big run, and I'm not surprised the handicappers pushed his mark up to 147. He's got race fitness, so he'd be he'd be a big threat in the race as well. But it's it's a bit cloudy, Barry. To be honest, at the moment with the 14 horses, and you don't know who's who. Even when they do get declarations, you don't know who's going to be fit. Like Tiger Ole is obviously in there. Is he going to run? And um, you know, obviously some of these horses have have the kind of vastly different targets than the rest of the season um, down the line. So it wouldn't even race that I'd be getting hugely involved in. But Cracking Smart is uh, is probably the most interesting at this stage for me anyway. Yeah, just to, I, I thought obviously we have to wait for final decks, but the fact that we know we know six shooters going, uh, we know he's had, had a run under his belt. And I thought he was impressive uh, the last day. Um, and he is going to get uh, a bit of weight off the ones at the top. Uh, rated obviously the highest in here is Kraken Smart as 154 so 
he's getting quite a bit of weight in eight off 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 the likes of those horses. Uh, the other one that's probably likely, I, I don't know, Sarah Burley might go Ronald Pump, but as you said, they have engagements later down the tracks. Six shooters, the one that probably stands out to me at this stage. Andrew, would you would you be of that opinion? Yeah, I quite like Judy myself. Um, a horse, though, that I think that actually is probably going under the radar, even though he, he ran so well at Cheltenham, is Ronald Pump. Uh, I think that the staying division in Ireland is is pretty weak. Uh, you, you named Fury Road, Sire Burley. At least they might uh, boost it up a little bit this this year. But this Ronald Pump is going to have to run in in the big races now, uh, the, the three-mile grade one at Leopardstown, the Galmoy Hurdle, these sort of races. And I thought he was arguably perhaps a little bit unlucky not to win the Stairs Hurdle. Uh, he encountered a bit of difficulty. I think Brian Cooper was trying to follow Paisley Park almost all the way, and Paisley Park actually didn't bring him as far as he wanted him uh, into the race. And then he kind of made a mistake at the last, and, and the bird had flown. Uh Cooper was getting a good good tune out of him that day, though, so I'd, I'd like to hope he might retain the ride. And I, I just think this horse could be an awful lot better than people almost want him to be. It's a bit like Jarver Star last year. You know, when you come from such humble beginnings, I think people always have their, have their doubts, but... Matthew Smith is in superb form yet again with his with his string of horses. He's a very shrewd man. I don't I don't think he'll be running this horse like if this horse is entered. I don't think he'll be running him in the Lismullen Hurdle just for a little run round out the back. I'd say he'll be there to to go and take his place and and, and win the race. And if he wins the race, I don't know. I I think he becomes actually a bit of a stairs hurdle chance again this year. Like I. Don't see any reason why he can't be. I think he's upwardly progressive still. He's still a young enough horse. Uh, they've ditched chasing, which is the right right thing to do. And I really hope he does make his reappearance and runs well. They really fancied him as a novice chaser, didn't they? Um, I think it was going into Fairy House in the Drinmore last year. Mike Vince, you went to school at Ronald Pump, you said in the season preview. How'd that go? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at this race and I can still hear myself calling home t- Tiger Roll beating Magic of Light. But that was after four miles and 856 yards around Aintree two years ago. Whoever, if I'd have said to you after they'd finished first and second, they'd meet in Liz Mullen Hurdle 18 months later, you'd finally got your wish and put a white coat on and removed me to a place of safety. Um, but it's interesting to see them both in there. Um, French Dynamite, is another one that there must be some improvement in. And I remember any second now winning first time out for Ted Walsh, uh, Ian McCarthy rode, he was about 66 to one, got up on the line um, at Navin to beat uh, um, Manor's Hot Pot. I remember being asked by somebody, was there one thing I'd missed in the course of the year uh, that I would love to have been at? I said, yeah, Ted Walsh's post-race press conference. Trying to explain that. <laughs> And when the third string gets up on the line to do the heavily backed favourite. But anyway, what's Gordon going to run is the key question for me. Um, but Six Shooter has a win. Noel would love it. And I think Six Shooter would get my shilling here. Brilliant. We're going to come on to the 4 3 at Chase, which is at 135 at Navan. It's a great two over two miles. Got to give you a show of betting. 4 to 11 at Plutard, Eclair de Beaufou, 7 to 2, Castle Grace Paddy for Lachlan Bridgeman, Pat Fahey, 6 to 1, Arnua, 10 to 1 for Henry de Bromhead, Kildowry for Ted Walsh is a 16 to 1 shot, Yaha Fizz, 50 to 1. I think Andrew Blair White, you were a big Plutard fan at one stage, am I right? Uh, no, no, completely the opposite. I've actually never taken to the horse. Uh, I think he's. Actually, prob- possibly, I could eat my words for saying this, but I think he's one of the most overrated horses in training. Uh, he beat a 60% fish, Shaka and Porsois, and everyone suddenly went mental. Uh, and I think, actually, it's almost worth taking him on in this race. His record fresh is okay, but he's been beaten by Dr. Mikey and Balioshin the two times he's encountered over a 200-day break. Uh, he's a ridiculously short price. And I think if Claire de Beaufou's actually not a bad horse, um, he's probably not a grade one horse, Aplutar maybe. Um, but that being said, he won the big two-mile handicap at Leopardstown, came second in the Grand Annual. I know some people think Chosen Mate might have a chance uh, of developing into a graded 
you know, a proper good graded two-miler this year. So if that's true, then a Claire de Bofu uh, must be, you know, able to pick up a grade two, grade three along the way. And he's seven to two. I, I'd take a chance against the favourite here. His record fresh isn't, isn't the best. Lads, before we, I suppose, come on to weekend naps and MBs, anyone have an opinion on the 1230 uh, at Navin, which... I suppose it's it's always a hot. It's usually a hot renewal, you know. It's the it's the for auction uh, novice hurdle grade three. There, there's no betting for it. We have some uh, nice types in here, like Esky Lane. Will he run wide receiver Jesse Evans, which who was impressive uh, for Noel Mead on on when winning a maiden hurdle actually at Galway and Bally Adams here probably won't run. Call me Lyrene for Gordon Elliott. Anyone have a a strong opinion on this one? Uh, Jesse Evans, as you mentioned there, Barry, I think he's uh, he's he's definitely worth following from here. Um, I was, it, it was interesting to listen to Noel Mead. We were on a call there earlier uh, last week, and he was talking about the last run at Navin, where he thought the horse probably got to the front too soon and, and just pulled up a bit. And, and he thought he left it a bit short. He said it's the type of racy kind of horse that he thought he had enough work done with it. And... Um, and might have thought that it, he he um he left him a bit short. So he's interesting to come back over hurdles. He obviously won well at Goran, and as you said, whatever happens, the winner of this race is worth following from now on. If you go and look at the last four winners, they've all gone on to win Grade Ones. Uh, and Lebec obviously went on to win the Supreme that year. Abigail won it last year, and he went on to finish second. And the horses in between Aramon and Mengli Khan both won Grade Ones at that percent of Christmas. It's always a really good race this uh, for auction of his hurdles. So whoever wins it. Definitely worth following. Andrew, Mike, um, which Ngolo is going to turn up if he turns up at all? Um, really liked the way he won at Galway, and then uh, an inexplicable mother and father and ex certificate stinker. Um, it's what is if you'd told a mother-in-law to put her life savings on the beast. Ran an absolute shocker at Kilbegan. And then won an egg and spoon race at this stall. So I'm speaking as confused of England here. Uh, but if N'Golo re- returns in the form he showed when he won on debut at Galway, I think he'd go close. Interesting. Naps and NBs. Mike Vince. I think you landed the nap last week, didn't you? Or you landed the MB in Captain Morgs. Yes, next best. It was a race that Nicky Henderson had farmed for years. Um, I'm going to next best each way Kitty's light in the big race at um, Wincanton. I just think, let's say, the, the fact the horse is so young, he's a four-year-old, almost as young as you are, Barry, um, might just be that he, he'll, he'll get us... Um, a few quid and I've just lost my screen which is going to tell me which my nap uh, which the, the time of my nap because there's also um on Saturday in this uh, great country of ours under lockdown uh, there is a decent uh, jump card at uh, Aintree as well and in that race at Aintree uh, I'm going to uh, take a chance with Thomas Darby as the nap in the 240. Thomas Derby. Andrew Blair White, we'll come to you. Nap and NBA the weekend. Uh, yeah, so my nap comes uh, on Sunday in Sandown, 150. Uh, it's a maiden hurdle race, a horse called Lord of Karak uh, for Ali Murphy. He's extremely highly regarded. Um, I, th- I think he, he wins this. He's up against Adramel, who's Lacey's horse that ran in the champion bumper, but I think he should account for him. Um and MB again looking at Aintree on Saturday, the two ten is a competitive handicap chase. I think Springtown Lake can run very well uh, for the Hobbs team. He's five to one. Uh, he won at Warwick last last year, I think by fifteen, twenty lengths off a mark, uh, five or six pounds lower than this. Uh, he ran quite well behind Simply the Bets at Cheltenham. You know how much I love Simply the Bets, Barry. Uh, so I take him at five to one. And just one to look out for, not saying he might win, but in the opening hurdle of that entry card there's a horse called doc picked me uh, that won a pretty hot point to point at ballycahan uh he's now trained by harry whittington the third of that point to point has won for john joe o'neill since so it'll be interesting to see how he runs uh, i think he's a good horse going forward run and groom we're nearly there 
Yeah, just before I do, I think I'm, I, see, I saw a tweet there uh, come in, Barry, before uh, someone was asking us about Abak Dabras. Um, I'm not sure if you saw that tweet uh, about his run last week. Uh, I'd say I'm just saying, just off the top, I, I wouldn't give up on Abak Dabras yet. That race at Down Royal is littered with horses that uh, have disappointed the first time out, but gone on and, and done quite well and off a fast pace uh, where he can really travel. I, I, I'd, um, I wouldn't give up on him if, you, if you'd backed him. For the champion hurdle, anyway, you'll see him again at that percent Christmas. Uh, my nap uh, is uh, I'm going to sneak one in on the flat here, if that's all right. Uh, I like Haparanda in the November handicap at Nace on Saturday, at two o'clock. Uh, thought he, she did it quite well for uh, Dermot Weld at that uh, percent last time in the October handicap. After the race, Dermot Weld is saying that that would probably be it for the year, and I'm pretty sure. Look at this November handicap and thought she's ten pounds higher, but they thought well, let, we might as well give it a go. It's it's been too hard to resist for them. So she's in here off ninety six with the probably the best apprentice in the game at the moment. Bill and Brian McMonagle taking five pounds off her. That there's enough alarm bells going off to tell me that she that she's well fancied. Uh, I was going to next best Kitty's light, but I'll uh, leave that to Mike and I'll take at the Acorn in the Troy Town. I just think he could be very well handicapped for local trainer Tony Martin. Brilliant stuff. Don't have full field for the. Liz Mullen, sorry, the Liz Mullen hurdle, but I, I do like six, six shooter. I like the way he done it last time. Um, I think he has the win under his belt. A lot of these, as you guys pointed out as well, will have engagements further down the line. So I do think he, he getting it a bit of weight here off, off off some of the ones at the top of at the, at the, at the, at the top of the ratings. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a good bet this weekend. Um, obviously we don't have prices at the moment but that's six shooter I will next best him and just I suppose my nap would have to come in the biggest race of the weekend Ronald Groom the Tritown chase discordantly for Jessica Harrington made a case for him already I just think he is he, he showed signs that he was after growing up a lot uh, at Galway last time staying trips 142 I think I think there's definitely a big one in him he ran in graded races last year big baby uh, he was I think he will be ridden handy and I think 10 to 1 is, is a very good price I, I can't see him out of the money um, if repeating his Galway uh, performance and indeed progressing that I suppose concludes the Chantilly podcast by the way yes that was good good for you to pick up on that Ronan as well um, for the comment on Abacadabras anyone that is following the podcast and following the page on a weekly basis as I said get your questions in for our special guests anything you would like us to discuss uh, on the panel definitely do let us know in, in on Twitter under under the, under the YouTube in the comments in YouTube like subscribe if you haven't already as I said we're going to be here every Thursday between now and the end of the jump season it was a pleasure lads once again that does conclude episode 3 uh, for the season um, so we're going to be back again next week and uh Cheers, Ronan, Andrew, and Mike Vince. Cheers, Mike.